We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I am Liz Dolan here in the Wondery Studio in West Hollywood with my sister, Leanne Dolan. Leanne, how you doing? Great. Great you know? this week, Liz. Yeah. I had a, you know, we both drive to work on Sunset Boulevard. I know. Now, which it's is pretty just, glamorous. We were talking about it this morning. It's just like, you can't believe it. You're on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. It's yeah. bumper to bumper traffic. So you spend a lot of time on Sunset. <laughs> you really soak it all in. I love going past the Bagley Mishka store. I oh, will really? admit that. Like over there on Sunset Plaza. They change the windows every week. The dresses are just beautiful. Yeah. That perks me up. I, I love the billboards. People may know Sunset Boulevard is very famous for the big billboards about the new movies and TV shows. So I love those. So anyway, Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. How's everything in Big D? I'm, I'm in my closet, sisters. I can't keep up with you two Hollywood girls, you know. But I got clothes here, Leanne. So they don't perk me up quite as much as But they're here. They're here. I'm, I'm amongst them. So. Hey, Julie, you, you have done your part for adding culture to the world because for Christmas, you gave everyone in the family a subscription to Art in America. Your yes. son is now the editor-in-chief. So this yes. is a true story. So the magazine came last week, and I thought, well, I'll just peruse this here while I'm sitting on the couch watching the news. And I started to read Will's editor letter. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. After the first paragraph, I had to turn the TV off. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm really going to need to concentrate. <laughs> and then I read it through all the way once. There were two words in it. I didn't know the meaning of. I had wow. To, that has been a long time, maybe a dozen or so years. I've actually had to look up a vocabulary word <laughs> in the middle of my reading. And were they then arty I, words? Or they just... were sort of arty words, but you could use them. They was like a fancy word for visionary. Yeah. You know, it was actually sort of a humble word for visionary, which yes. threw me. Like I should have been able to... to in context. In con- but I couldn't. Out. I didn't know because I didn't you understand the context. Major, I can't believe you couldn't like decipher. For the word exactly, later. Joel. So then I had to read the whole piece again. So it was like just and that was just the editor's letter. Never mind <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the magazine. You can just look at the pictures and the rest of the magazine. I mean, it is art. It's about art. Good work. He is adding to the cultural dialogue. I don't know what he's adding, <laughs> but he is adding to it. It is. I mean, it's a very serious discussion of art there. Yes, that's what's going on. So, from page yeah, one, from your, the editor's note your, on. They're flying, flying off the counter. Yeah, art in America. Okay. Yes. You can find it online, too. You can find Will's editor's note and various things online at their at their beautiful website as well. But buy a subscription to yes. um, support Julie's son. So, I just like seeing William S. Smith because I yeah. know the S is St. James, right? Which is... Right. Also, your middle name. That's so, right. And it was, uh, and uh, we were, we were all both. Will and I were born on our grandfather's birthday. Yes. So that, and his name was James. Mm-hmm. So it's a long tradition. Yes. yes. Very nice. So well done. Just well done, Julian <laughs> Trem. Well done. Um, all right. We have a full show today, as usual. We have a segment we're calling "Good Idea or Bad Idea." Yeah. A couple of topics in the news. We're going to break it down. Good idea or bad idea. Uh, Julie has, speaking of topics in the news, ad nauseum, Russia. You have a whole Russia pod for us, Julie. You're bringing I know, in. We've got espionage, poisoning, imprisonment, missiles, and movies, Liam. <laughs> we're covering it all. Wow. Okay, Liz, you have an Operation Sea Turtle update. Yes. It's been a while. Since I need we... a little, I need a pep talk for Operation Sea okay. Turtle. So maybe you can help me. All right. I, I need to, a little bit of new goal setting. Okay. Oh, wow. Because I got no goals. We've all been there. I know what that means when you say you have a new goal setting. So you're sitting on the couch, Liz. Exactly. Exactly. 
Okay, we have, uh, I am giving a pep talk, a new mom pep talk to Jennifer, who gave birth to our baby. Yes. I feel like the official <laughs> baby, baby of the Satellite Sisterhood <laughs> was born last week. She was probably born like while we were recording last week's show because yeah. you did a shout out to Jennifer during the show last week, Julie, right? Like we That's were thinking correct. of you and then we got off the air and boom, posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Jennifer's update. All right. So we have a, I have a new mom pep talk. So okay. it's only good for the first six to eight weeks. It's not, it's not going to set you up for the rest of your life, but you need a pep talk the first six to eight weeks. And then we have a roundup from the Facebook page. Um, but first, we have an exciting book announcement. Last week, we talked to uh, the author Caroline Frazier about her book about Laura Ingalls Wilder as part of our February Satellite Sisters Book Club. This month for March, it is Women's History Month, so we've decided to pick a fun history. History of Women by Karen Carbo called In Praise of Difficult Women. Life, life lessons from 29 heroines who dared to break the rules. So these are essays by Karen on 29 women, everyone from Carrie Fisher and Nora Ephron to Josephine Baker and Frida Kahlo. And what I love about the book, Karen takes a look at sort of characteristics of, quote, difficult women. Mm -hmm. And it's like determination, chutzpah, you know, creativity. How dare they? I know. And she breaks it down along those lines. So I really like it. The essays are well written. I think you'll really enjoy this. Again, Karen Carbo, she's going to be in the studio in a couple weeks to talk to us. Um, and then we'll play that interview at the end of the month. So and that she really is a wonderful writer. And she is. We had her in the book club ages ago. She published her own memoir called The Stuff of Life about how she grew up. And uh, so I think that's the last time she was actually on the show. Yeah. But whenever I see her byline, I always read it. Right. It's by Karen. Right. Kyle. And her last book was a bestseller at The New York Times. It was called um, The Gospel According to Coco Chanel. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. That did very right. well. So this one that's is really essays, fun. Those short essays. That's uh, that's enjoyable reading. It is. Yes. Yes. Can, yes. Can, we, can we make that lowbrow comment that it's nice? <laughs> <laughs> There are no footnotes Short in this things one. things to read in addition to long things to read. <laughs> it, it, it's flexible. It makes sure it's good for your lifestyle. We do the whole high-low. We definitely do high-low here at Satellite sure. Sisters. Also coming up on March 18th at the Santa Monica Public Library, we will be there doing a panel discussion called Stay Noisy. Leon and I will be together on stage there with two really, really fun, interesting, noisy Difficult women uh, who I've met over the course of my career. One is Sarah Fisher. She is the head of production at Shondaland, which is Shonda Rhimes TV production company. So uh, that's how I got behind the scenes at Scandal and Grey's Anatomy. And the other one is Leanne Daly, who is now the chairman of a recruiting company called The Talent Group. But back in the day when we first met, she was the chief marketing officer at ESPN. Uh, and that was during a time where I was the chief marketing officer at Nike. So anyway, Leanne, you will be moderating. I correct? am. Yes. And uh, yes. the, the three of us will be... Um, will be moderated. <laughs> and our engineer, Sergio, Sergio and I were over there yesterday just checking out the room and making sure it was all going to be ready to go. So 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, March 18th, we would really love to have you come. It's going to be a fun, lively discussion, and we want some good questions from the audience. So please join us. We will 
wander across the parking lot afterwards and go for a little drink at Esther's Wine Bar, if that's a, you know, if that's an incentive for you. But come to the library. Uh, we start at 2 o'clock, and all of the details are on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. So the address, the time, the bios, the whole thing. Satellite Sisters Facebook page. See you on March 18th. Right. We are going to... Record that show. Though. Yes. That's yes. our plan to mm-hmm. record the audio and we're working on Facebook Live. Yes. But for sure the audio. For sure the audio. Oh, right. For sure the audio. And, you know, 90% sure the Facebook Live. But I just didn't want to, I don't want to depress attendance, Leanne. <laughs> so people are going to come, Liz. I know. I just really want people to come. Okay. Please, so please come. Liz is very nervous about this. <laughs> I am nervous about this. Because last Leanne doesn't care, but Liz cares. Okay. <laughs> well, remember last year, Julie, we brought in the ringers. We had you, Sheila, and Monica all there. So, yeah. you know, so now it's just, it's different. It's going to be different, but it'll, it'll be fun, lively. Please join us. Okay. Yes, please do. <laughs> all right. Good idea, bad idea. Jewel, okay. you're, you're up the, first. Well, here's, this is something that I read now that it, instead of calling 911 and getting an ambulance, People are opting for rideshare companies like Uber and Lyft to take them to the hospital. Uh, and in fact, in some cities, it's very dramatic. For example, in the city of San Diego, California, when uh, ride sharing started, when Uber and Lyft moved into that area, that the am- use of ambulances went down almost 10% because uh, people are people are just calling Uber instead of getting an ambulance. So, mm-hmm. uh, is this a good idea or a bad <laughs> idea? Now, I mean, it's cheaper than an ambulance to call. Way Uber. cheaper, Lots cheaper. yeah, way but cheaper. This is for a lot of people, this is the incentive. Or, you know, maybe you know, maybe they they you know they're sort of thinking about their symptoms and they're not they don't feel their nine one one emergency level. Um, symptoms, but they still want to go to a hospital and go to an emergency room, but they just don't want to drive themselves. Yeah, right. So making that choice. But, you know, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers are not EMTs, right? I mean, they're not even professional drivers. (laughs) They're not even trained drivers. So, yeah. So if you're in the backseat and something starts to go wrong, they are not going to be able to help you. They are not going to be able to help you. And, you know, a lot of times people underestimate exactly how sick they really are. You know, uh, you know, they feel a little woozy. But the thing is, and they've done studies on this, the Uber, the Uber drivers or, or Uber cars or Lyft cars are faster than ambulances. Mm-hmm. By the time you call 911 and the ambulance comes, you know, it could be 10 or 15 minutes. You know, you can get an Uber car in like two minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh so it's faster. Uh, but the thing about these rideshare companies is the way that those are really not employees of Uber and Lyft. They are independent contractors. So they are not receiving any kind of safety training. They're all, you know, they carry their own insurance uh, uh, and all of that. But many, um, many Uber and Lyft drivers have now sort of rigged their cars uh not only to take people to hospitals, but also because if they're picking up late night party goers, you know, that they have a lot of vinyl and class <laughs> things 
covered okay. in plastic. You know, but the ri- the drivers are saying, you know, they when they see p- somebody wants to go to the emergency room, they they don't know how sick this person is, or yeah. they might be contagious. What if what if the person has the flu, you know, and yeah. is coughing and sneezing all over your car? You know, you may catch something. Or what if someone, you know, I mean, this would be terrible. But what if someone dies in their car? I know, I know. Well, where would where would you draw the line? For for me, if it's like, if I like fell and I think I have a broken leg, it's like I might trust a rideshare company to to, if it's an orthopedic kind of thing, uh, maybe. Because you're not going to call an ambo for a broken leg, right? Right. Well, uh, what if you faint from the pain? So then now you've fainted in some stranger's car, you know? Well, I was thinking about the importance of not driving for that reason. You know, right. I don't want to drive myself. So, okay, good point, Julie. So you're, you're ambo all the way? Like, no matter what ails you? Because I was going to say, however, if you think you're having a heart attack, for God's sakes, call an actual ambulance. Right. Gunshot wound. Yeah. Gunshot. Even if you're in labor. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I know people in New York take cabs to the hospital. Like, yeah. I, I understand that. And you're, when you're in labor, you're not going to necessarily immediately deliver a baby. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't believe in the sharing economy. I know I've said, <laughs> said that you many times. never do. You don't take Uber at all. I, very rarely. Only if I'm in a big city. Yeah, uh-huh. I just don't. I don't believe in it. And I, <laughs> which part don't you believe just in? Sharing. <laughs> I think this is the cultural result of being the youngest of eight. I don't Julie, share. don't you think Liam, as the baby with seven older brothers and sisters, just does not believe in sharing? And She's I can done under- with sharing, Liz. She's finished. She's- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I mean, I understand why people do it because it is cheaper. It could be faster. You know, particularly in, you know, if, you know, in certain circumstances, but it seems like a very dangerous idea. It seems dangerous for you. It seems dangerous for the Uber driver, too. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 They have the right, you know, with this to if they see you want to go to the emergency room of a hospital, they don't have to pick up that that ride. You know, they can decline you know, that uh, when you, your request. So it is a lot to ask of someone who's just trying to make a few extra bucks in the gig economy, you know, right. to, yeah. to like say, put your life in their hands. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And, and it, and it, um, you know, I'm also concerned that the companies aren't doing anything to train these drivers to deal with this, these situations either. Yeah. yeah. So, so okay. it is really, you know. Again, though, I don't want them dealing with the situation. <laughs> the few Uber drivers I've had, I don't see them as, like, being vital to my health care. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, they can't right, even think drive. Of, like, think of other, I, I don't know, think of other fields where, you know, like flight attendants mm-hmm. are, you know, are trained yes. in basic emergency yeah, service. Sure. That's not, I mean, they, yes, they're it's there. It's part of their job state. description. Right. Yes, you know, that, but they... They have training for that. It seems like if you have a job where you're in contact with a lot of people, lots of strangers, it would be a good thing to have some basic safety training. But that's, you know, that's not how these companies are set up. They're set up as like, you know, we don't know anything about these drivers. We're not really responsible for them. We're just... Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do. (laughs) Because because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? 
Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> and that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going, oh. like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay. You know, we have raved about the Andaria algae body oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria collagen body oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. 
So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Shane, can you see why I don't enjoy that? (laughs) (laughs) See why I'm not thrilled? Okay, I would be interested to know what people think about that. The, you know, the drive share, ride share to the ER. Are you, yes or no, good idea, bad idea? If you're home alone, it's a sticky situation. You feel like you have to get there. And one time I remember when I had that MRSA, that terrible infection, and I was like driving myself to the hospital because my husband had to do the laundry. We'll get into that later, some point in therapy. Uh, but I was thinking to myself as I was driving, I should not this be This is a bad idea. This was a bad idea. Yeah. So that, you know, but I wasn't even home alone. But I can see if you're home alone and you're wondering yeah. and you can't get a neighbor or a friend. And the ambulance seems like overkill sometimes. It does. It does. It does. I think what has people hesitate is they're like, am I that sick? No. Yeah. But, okay. But I wouldn't expect any more from the Uber driver than from my 18-year-old son. Yeah. You know, their level of medical training is going to be the same. <laughs> Similar. Yeah. Yeah. I took CPR, Leanne, so you can, you know. But it was when I was in high school, so <laughs> they've well, probably updated that process. She's never going to be able to <laughs> no. come and help you in time. No. You're going to have to get in the Uber car. Yeah. I would, I would need an Uber chopper in order to be able to do that. And you couldn't trust our sister Sheila to uh, pick you up, so. No. I, though I've taken her. Several times. <laughs> I won't even go to, to the ER. I've had a few. <laughs> I have done some medical runs for Sheila. Oh, I've taken Sheila to the ER, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Everyone who's ever lived near <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> okay. Okay, moving on. Our next good idea, bad idea debate. This was a headline in uh, the Business Day section of the New York Times on Monday, March 5th. Here's the concept. Dorm living for professionals. So Leon and I both pulled this out separately, thought this would be a good discussion. So here's the idea. Here's the way the article starts. In search of reasonable rent, the middle-class backbone of San Francisco, maitre d's, teachers, bookstore managers, lounge musicians, copywriters, and merchandise planners are engaging in an unusual experience in communal living. They are moving into dorm rooms. Shared bathrooms at the end of the hall and having no individual kitchen or living room is becoming less weird for some of the city's workers, thanks to Star City, a new development company that is expressly creating dorms for many of the non-tech population. So there are a couple of interesting things here to me. First of all, everything old is new again, because I remember when I first got out of college and moved to New York City. I mean, back in the day, like in our mother's day, when she went to college in New York City, there were these like women's hotels. Do you remember this, Julie? Like the Barbizon Hotel for Women? Right, right. <laughs> and I and got women and they'd have like a like a maitre d'. I mean, we, I never stayed there, but, it, no. you know, was considered a safe place for single women who moved to New York. Right? Yeah, it was a residential hotel. I chose not, I chose not, it was, I think, gone by them. But there were still a few left of those when I was, this was like the early 80s in New York City. I chose to live in a crappy apartment in Brooklyn and chose to just never let mom and dad see my apartment because that, that was, was wise. That was, the, that was the better way to go. Anyway, so this idea of like, you really just need a dorm room when you're young and living in an expensive city. Kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to say, oh, this is ridiculous. What's the matter with these millennials? But, like, I totally get it. You know, Julie, you lived in the Bay Area. I and mean, the, the rents there are so insane. ridiculous. Housing is, it's, 
the cost of housing is crushing in uh, in the Bay Area. I mean, people cannot afford it. I totally understand why they do it. I mean, I you know, I just and I guess dorms you have to do that. I mean, that's what the communist system was. You know, uh, like in Russia, that's what you know Stalin did. He got rid of individual housing, and you had to live in communal housing with the communal bathrooms and communal kitchens, but. Uh, so it's sort of a solution, but it would be nice if there was more affordable individual housing. Yeah. Well, well, there's one woman in this story, though. She's a grown up, you know, not a straight out of college uh, woman. And she says, I've run a household. I've done the bills. I've mowed the yard. I don't want to be responsible again. I want to paint and learn how to make ramen noodles. And when we run out of tinfoil, there's just more tinfoil. So it is kind of an eternal youth scenario. But there's nothing wrong with that. For me, the number one hang-up would be the communal bathroom. Right. Going back to a communal bathroom uh, would be rough. And maybe also the communal refrigerator. If you can imagine any average office refrigerator, and now that's your permanent refrigerator. I need a little mini fridge for my room. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, to go back to the shower caddy, you know, like tromping down the hall with that, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the deal. So in in San Francisco, what you get is 130 square feet to a 220 square foot, basically a bedroom, a furnished bedroom. Sure. And that's pretty small. That's enough for a queen bed and some side tables and maybe a chair and stuff like that. Uh, and that goes for fourteen to $2,400 a month. So they're Which not giving... Still a huge right. amount of money. So, But the average San Francisco rent for a one bedroom is $3,300 a month. I see. That's right. crazy. Yeah, that's a crazy amount of money, right? Yeah. If you can even find it. So you have your communal kitchen. It sounds fun. It sounds like they do stuff together. They go to yoga yeah, together. Too much fun. Too and much they fun. go to the museums together. I thought you weren't into sharing, Lee. This is all about sharing. The guy <laughs> says in the story, the only thing people really need to do alone is sleep. Well, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. He said, eat food, drink wine, watch TV. You don't need to be alone in your own unit for that. You want to do that with other people. Yeah. I I I don't think it's right for me. Okay. But you know what? If I found myself in a situation where I really had to move to a different, a very expensive city where I didn't know a lot of people, I, I could see doing it's that ideal for, for a, that. a year. Yeah. And, 20, and then you'd have someone to take you to the hospital, Leanne. Right. And you wouldn't have to go in Uber. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly right, Joel. It's exactly right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of like those WeWork spaces. Yeah. It's sort of that version for living. And I went into a WeWork. I looked at it the other day. Those are the communal offices where you have your cubicle, but then you can go have a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning because there's beer and gaming tables. And, oh, look at us. We're all doing stuff at happy hour after work. And I was like, OK, well, not for me because I like it quiet. But I can see if you're like schlepping alone all day long trying to work at an entrepreneurial thing and you yeah. want some community. Yeah. Right. It's all about community. It's, so I, I, I think I mean, this is a good idea for other people. I th- <laughs> no, I think it's a good idea, too. I could even see I could have certainly seen myself doing this when I was in my 20s. I can right. even see myself doing it. Later in life, my friends yeah, and I, I have always it, thought like about seventies. It would yeah. be good too, you yeah, know, to have a little communal living there uh, with your friends. Yeah, yeah, they're called old folks' home. So. <laughs> <laughs> they have those, but these would be better. You know, it's funny you mentioned WeWork, Leon, because that that company is also developing housing units. They're called We Live Housing Developments, but there the residents have their own small kitchens, living room, and bathrooms, and they share common event space and industrial appliances for parties and things. So this is an even smaller unit. But I think we're going to have a lot of choices about that. And I 
I think it's good. That's a good idea. People should have a lot of choices. I mean, that is assisted living. Because yes. when I took mom and dad looking at all the assisted right. living places, uh-huh. that was pretty much what they looked like. Because our mother just kept saying, I refuse to eat other people's food. Yeah. That was her thing. She's really hung up on that. <laughs> she was very flexible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my husband, who's in real estate, has been talking about this idea for 25 years. He's like, I wish when we came out of college, we could have just moved into a dorm for grownups. He even yeah. wants a meal plan. Like, he would have gone on a meal a meal plan. Sure, why and not? And I think a lot of people do want that. They want a little bit of community and they want their own space. And yeah. and as the w- several women in the article say, you know, there's no line for the shower. It's one bathroom for every two to three rooms. Oh, it's okay. not one bedroom. It's not a hall, you know, yeah. worth of girls, uh, you know, yeah. that you have to share the bathroom Like with. college. Yeah. Well, yeah. like your son who's just out of college, he kind of has a meal plan. He has that taco truck yeah. out front of his apartment where he, he seems to eat a lot of his meals. Most of his meals. Well, who, clean, who cleans the communal bathroom and the kitchen? That's oh, they I do was. all of that. They do. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you pay for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah and Right. You can pay. Uh, so are there all kinds of add-on concierge services as well. They'll do your laundry. They'll do this. They'll do that. You know, you could really, you could really start racking up a bit, pretty big bill, but you get a lot of stuff for it. The one giant flaw, though, as far as seeing it as a solution to the problem of high rent, is it doesn't seem cut out for families at all. No. It doesn't make any place, whether it's San Francisco or any place else, more affordable for middle-class families, which is also a super crunch. These are just – it's kind of ideal for singles. Yeah. Maybe even couples, but – or like a woman and her dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. Yeah, (laughs) by the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz. Right. Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Pros is getting 
rave reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Julie, one woman in the article was pretty psyched when her when her company transferred out there. So psyched, she just straight up divorced her husband, <laughs> packed up her Yorkie, and drove west. So she was all in on the dorm thing. All in. <laughs> okay. All right. So we will put a link to this in uh, in the show notes for today's show. And if you have opinions on dorm living for professionals, you can weigh in in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Maybe some of you have tried this already, or you have you know younger people in your family who are trying it. I'd, I'd like to know. I could. I always said I would like to live in a hotel, like just. So this is kind of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to be beachfront, though, Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a break. You're going to hear some words from our sponsor. And then when we come back, Julie has Russia pod. Oh, my God. So <laughs> much Russia in the news. Russia, Russia, Russia. I think you said it enough. Okay. Yes, I, I just I want people to know. It. We nailed it. We nailed yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm it's because we week. love it. Yes. I know. Okay. All right. Liz, new sponsor. Yeah. War- Warby Parker. I mean, look at you. I'm look looking at, me. at you right now. Look at you're, me. You're looking very Warby Parker right now. I am feeling and, very Warby Parker. Okay. So this is where you can actually order eyeglasses, mm-hmm. right? Fantastic frames mm-hmm. that you can try on at home. And then you pick one that you like. You give them your prescription. They fill it. They send it back to you. Okay. Yeah. That's the basic concept of Warby Parker. Yeah. But these are not just any frames, Liz. I mean, that's a snappy frame. They're You've stylish. Got, yes. yes. Mine is called the Hardy. Is what I ordered, Leanne. And this is called layered turquoise. Okay. No. (laughs) This is called layered tortoise. It's not turquoise. This is layered tortoise, Leanne. The hardy. Because you know what? Turquoise would look terrible Terrible. on you. That's a little too Sally Jesse Raphael (laughs) or something. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, Warby Parker's aesthetic is vintage inspired with a contemporary twist. And that's exactly what you're looking at it. Every pair is a custom fit with anti reflective 
polycarbonate prescription lenses. Uh, they're available exclusively through the Warby Parker website, and they started around $95, including prescription lenses, which is very reasonable. Yeah, that's what I think is so great. Now that I have to wear reading glasses, what you want with reading glasses is multiple pairs, right? Right. Because you're never going to be able to find the ones you want. So at $95 now, I had already bought several pairs on my own. And I like the try-on thing. You go online, you pick out five different choices, they mail you the frames and like in your own home, you can like walk around and try them on. It's great. Yeah. And then you just ship them back in a whole prepaid box. Yeah. You know what's good about the try-on at home? When you ever, I, I wear glasses regularly. And when you go in it's someone who doesn't know you telling you you look good in those glasses. Right. You know, <laughs> they That's don't true. know you. Yes, those people. I mean, they're no. nice and they're everything. hipper than you, yeah. probably too. No, not even. They work at a do- eye doctor, Liz. <laughs> so at Warby Parker, like yeah. I had my, uh, you know, five pairs. I ordered the four that they recommended for me when uh-huh. you put in all your facial things and this and that. Yeah. And then I went. I, I just decided I'm going to order one. You can't tell me what to do, Warby Parker. <laughs> and I went and I or- ordered my own. That parrot looked terrible on me. So, <laughs> okay, so bad. So, Warby Parker, just tell me what to do. Right. But then my hipster art school son could say, oh, yeah, those clearly. Like, yeah. there wasn't even a doubt in his mind which one looked best. So, you want to go to warbyparker.com forward slash sisters to order your free try-on today. Warbyparker.com forward slash sisters for your free home try on today. Glasses start at $95. And here's why we like this company. For every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to somebody in need. That's so Excellent great. company with the social conscious. Uh, and Liz, if you're really into like, what are these going to look like? Uh-huh. You can do um, the Warby Parker app at iTunes. Okay. <laughs> but so you download it to your phone and yeah. it takes a picture of your face and puts it on your face on your phone? That is exactly right, Liz. <laughs> That okay. It maps and measures your key facial features, and then it gives you find your fit recommendations uh, for the Warby Parker frames that you might that like. That is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right. So you want to go to warbyparker.com forward slash sisters to order your free home try on today. But Liz, very stylish. Thank you, Leanne. Very stylish specs. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for supporting the people that support us. Okay, we're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. All right, Jewel, give us all the Russian news we need to know. Does everybody know that you lived in Russia for a lot of years? Can we just remind new listeners of that? So I know everyone's talking about Russia, but we have a Russianologist here at Satellite Sisters. Not a Kremlinologist, no, a Russianologist. All of Russia. We've been all about Russia. I've been podcasting from Russia, right? We do radio show from there, uh, along with everybody that was listening uh, to our apartment, which was bugged, no doubt. But but there's so many headlines about Russia that we just have to, from time to time, sort of go through one. And actually today, headlines in Great Britain, where Russian, this is a former Russian military expert named Skirbal, Paul, and his daughter, Yulia, who have now relocated to Great Britain. They are critically ill in hospital, as they say in Great Britain. So they're critically sick in the hospital from some undisclosed disease. Nobody's saying it yet that it's polonium-210 poison, (laughs) but it looks like these two have been poisoned or, you know, they have been ingested 
some kind of chemical that has left them in very serious conditions. So this is red alert. The reason this this Russian military expert was actually spying for Great Britain in Russia when we were living there, but then he was caught uh, and put in prison in Russia, but there was a spy swap and he ended up in Great Britain. But, you know, it wasn't like he was going to live happily ever after in Great Britain. The Russians have come after him. Of Mm -hmm. course. Allegedly. (laughs) uh, Well, of course, Russia is denying this, Mm -hmm. but very suspicious situation. Okay. Another situation, a Russian woman uh, just last week, Leanne, I saw that you retweeted this. Um, A Russian woman who has now accused of poisoning her lookalike friend with a cheesecake in order to steal her identity. Now, let's break this down. Please, what? (laughs) I know. Pay attention to this story, because uh, if somebody shows up at your house bearing cheesecake, I would turn it down. That's all I'm saying. Victoria Nazarova, 42 years old. She's from Russia. She now lives in Brooklyn, and she has dark hair, fair skin, and she speaks Russian, of course. Well, she identified this other woman who uh, had sort of similar features to Victoria. She was dark-haired, fair-skinned, and she spoke Russian. And she sort of befriended this woman. So she went over to this woman's house with a cheesecake that was laced with all kinds of tranquilizers. And they sat there and uh, apparently uh, ate some cheesecake. And then Victoria sort of staged the scene. And this woman, other woman, passes out. And Victoria stages the scene to make it look like this woman has committed suicide. And as part of the stage scene, this is a nice detail, she put the other woman in lingerie, okay? So if you're going to commit suicide in Russia, apparently you put on lingerie before wow. before you die. And she scattered pills all around the, her body. Well... uh, First of all, two things happened. The woman woke up in the lingerie that she apparently did not put enough tranquilizers in the uh, in the cheesecake. Cheesecake. And but she but but uh, Victoria um, was had managed to steal her passport, all of her cash and some of her property. That because see Victoria's backstory is she had another poisoning incident in Russia that was kind of catching up with her. So she wanted to assume the identity of this other woman in or, so that her poisoning past would not catch up with her. Wow, that is unbelievable story. <laughs> I, I tweeted that headline out to my friend Meg Gardner, who's a mystery writer who uh-huh. lives in Austin, Texas. I was like, Meg, you got to do something with this. You can't make but this up. You can't make it up. I mean, that's an incredible so, story. Just so, uh, so just be be wary of friends bearing uh, gifts. Cheesecakes. <laughs> but the lingerie is a nice detail. Now, here's another rip from the headline story. This is a self-described Russian seductress. That's her mm-hmm. job, okay? She's currently in prison in Pattaya, Thailand. And Liz, I believe you spent some time in Thailand. I yes. also live there. And you're, you're familiar with Pattaya, yeah. Thailand. It's right? like a it's seaside Pattaya. town. It's beaches and boating, right? It's a, yeah, it's a res- it's, seaside resort. It's kind of like the Reno, Nevada of yeah. Thailand. I mean, it's pretty tacky. Reno and, by the sea. Uh, but anyway, she was arrested for offering sex lessons without a permit. So she's in prison in Pattaya. She wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I ask, can you actually get a permit for that in Thailand? Yes, of course you can get a permit for, for that. Now, okay. here are some of the details of her arrest, okay, which 
page. I'm just going to uh, keep this at the high level. We're not going lowbrow on this. We're going to say highbrow on, on some of the arrest details. That apparently she had rented a ballroom at a hotel in the town of Pattaya, Thailand, and that she had rounded up 40 Russian guys, and they were all in this ballroom, and they were wearing um, obscene T-shirts, okay? I can't tell you what they said (laughs) on the T-shirts, but think, you know, sweaty Russian guys in obscene T-shirts. She's a self-described Russian seductress. She's there giving sex lessons in the ballroom, Uh, The workers, the Thai workers at this hotel hear very strange noises coming from the ballroom and uh, they call the police. And the next thing you know... (laughs) So that's a nice scene, right? So they weren't ballroom dancing. Is that <laughs> what you're they saying? Not ballroom. No, Leon. No, Leon. I'm sorry. Okay. They, were not, they were not ballroom dancing. So she's in prison now. But she says, her Anastasia uh, Vashukevich, she said she is willing to spill the beans on the Kremlin, on Russian billionaires, and on President Trump and his connection to Russia if the if uh, if the United States will let her out of prison and mm-hmm. and if she can come to the United States, she sounds like a likely source of a lot of high level information. <laughs> I think she it's 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 going to be it's going to be touchy whether or not she gets out. Now I will say that this story seemed unbelievable to me, but not really because here's the context. One time I did have the opportunity to fly on Aeroflot from Moscow to Bangkok. And I was surprised, I was shocked that there were a number of working girls, and you know what I'm talking about, on the flight that were that were working on the flight from between Moscow and oh Thailand. I mean, oh it's just yeah, yeah. Okay. The idea that that um, that this girl had rounded up forty guys in obscene t-shirts in the ballroom <laughs> is all possible. Doesn't seem that far fetched to you. No, it does having not. lived in both of those countries. Okay, all right. Story we have to move on. Maybe you saw this headline, Liz, that Vladimir Putin, he gave a big two hour address uh, last week and with, you know, splashy graphics and he had animated pictures of warheads. Um, But he as part of this two hour address on the state of Russia, he announced a naming contest for his new advanced nuclear weapons. And this, of course, made me think of you and your love of the contest that they had in Britain to name that boat, Bodie McBoatface, right? <laughs> so you're thinking we might end up with a Nuki McNukeface? Yeah, that, that is not as clever as some of the names that have been coming in, Liz, you know, but there was an online co- competition. 63,000 people wanted in Russia wanted to name these new nuclear weapons. What is wow. it, What does that say about everything? That so is not good. Some, some were patriotic. Some were, they thought they should name them Volodia, which is kind of a nickname for Vladimir. You know, that would be appealing. Others, other popular names were Goodbye America. That was one that wow. came, came through. Uh, and Kremlin Hand and Boomerang, which I don't think is a good name because it would... <laughs> yeah, that sends the wrong message entirely. <laughs> No, for her nuclear weapons. So, but nothing as cute and as pithy as Bodie McBoatface has mm-hmm. come through. Mm-hmm. But 
that's what the Russians are currently working on, renaming or, or naming their new nuclear weapons. Okay. Wow, wacky. That's all fact. All those stories I just told you were hard fact. Now we're moving over to fiction and to – I did have an opportunity this weekend to see uh, – the new Russian spy movie Red Sparrow starring Jennifer Lawrence. Have you seen this? I read the book. You read the book. Did yeah. you enjoy the book? Yeah, right? I like the book a lot. Yeah, I think you recommended it on Satellite Sisters. So I, I did read recommend it. it on yeah. I liked that it was based on the spy thriller by J- Jason Matthews. The movie stars Jennifer Lawrence and Joe Edgar- Edgerton, Charlotte Rampling, oh. uh, and an excellent Mary Louise Parker. Like surprisingly good. Okay? Oh, great. And, and a Putin lookalike, this guy, Mateus Schonartz, I don't know him, but he looked a lot, he looks a lot like a young Putin. So anyway, uh, it's a story of a Bolshoi ballerina who's forced into a new line of work in order to take care of her sick mother. And it has double agents and great scenes of Moscow and Vienna. It's very stylish. Uh, and it's getting terrible reviews. Okay? It is getting it terrible is. reviews. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, people are saying it's slow and uh, it, you know they're calling it a painfully unsexy would-be thriller. Oh. Okay, so this kind of makes me sad. Uh, first of all, it's not an action movie. It's a spy th- thriller. And it's slow building. And there's twists and turns. Uh, you know, people are saying it's too brutal or it's impossible that, you know, that there would be a place in Russia where uh, women and men would be trained as seductresses and seductors. Well, I don't think that's impossible, having lived in <laughs> Russia. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I don't think that. So I just think so, everybody wants every spy movie to be the Borden identity, right? Yeah. They just want Jason yeah, Bourne. Which is an action, that's an action movie. Yeah. This is more like The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Did you ever see that movie? No. Very slow, very dark, but it's a, it's a great movie. So, so here's my review of the movie is, it's up to you, but I liked it. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> hey, that's a good review. You know what? That Tinker Tailor Soldier right. Spy was super also slow. super slow, but a great movie. Right. I mean, I think real spycraft, of course, Julie, you would know better than we would. Uh, Spycraft plays out over a long period of time. It tends not to involve a lot of car chases. Right. That's that. That's that's the point. Okay. so this is this. um, So this has violence and brutality. Okay, I'm just telling you. But I still enjoyed it. And I enjoy Jennifer Lawrence. So that. That's what I'd say about that. Now, here's my review of another movie that I haven't seen, but I'm looking forward to seeing is Icarus, which is this one, the Academy Award for Best Documentary, and it's the story of the Russian doping scandal. So have you seen that either, sister? Yes, I've seen it. I saw it. Yes. Yep. And did you like it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic. What's unbelievable is he starts the documentarian... He starts the movie, he's on a completely different story. Yeah. His documentary is going to be about how he decides to blood dope and to do like an amateur bike race. And he's connected with this Russian guy who runs the lab there, like completely out of the blue. They form a relationship and then the whole doping scandal spins out of control. And the Russian guy who runs the lab calls him and said, "Okay, I want to talk to you. You need to save me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an unbelievable like bit of luck for the documentarian. Exactly. And once he starts talking, whoo, he starts talking. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And the documentarian, the guy, I wish I knew his name. Yeah, he won the, the Oscar. Yeah. He won the Oscar. Yeah, he was on stage the other night. He almost can't believe that 
the guy that he happened to just sort of fall into business with on his his own doping scheme was the mastermind of the Sochi doping and the whole thing. And can, and he explains in the movie exactly how they did everything. So a lot of this, if you've read the New York Times series, that they did this in huge detail. So it's a lot of the detail about what has been reported out in newspapers like the Times. But the the Russian scientist himself is quite chatty. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I don't want to say Sam Nunberg chatty, but yeah. let's just say super chatty. And, uh, you almost can't believe that he's ex- laying out all of these plans in, in the movie. So, and now he's in hiding in the United States, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. He left his family so there. He yeah. should avoid people bearing cheesecakes. Yes. Okay. yes. No, yes. seriously. Yes. Seriously. Well, that's okay. why he came. He thought he would actually be safer if he came to the United States and started talking because other members of his lab were being disappeared in Russia. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. So that's why. Brian Fogel is the name of the documentarian right. and the, the cyclist. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's on Netflix. You it's can on Netflix. Watch it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So that's uh, those are that's it. Those that's the. That's the dark, terrible story from from Russia this week. <laughs> well, Julie, I have one more, you know, media property. McMafia is a new show that started a couple weeks ago on um, AMC, and mm-hmm. it stars that adorable uh, Episcopalian priest from Granchester. You know that really <laughs> no <laughs> super cute British guy, James Norton, oh, who oh. now plays like a Russian mobster. I didn't really. It's a terrible name for a good show, McMafia. But it's about like it's about the Russian mob. It's about the Russian mob. I would it, not have guessed right. that from the and with David Strathairn. Speaking of um, <laughs> born movies, so <laughs> David Strathairn. So he plays like international businessman banker that gets sucked back into his Russian past. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And he's adorable. Oh, and so, that's on AMC. It's okay. on AMC. All right. It's called right. Mick Well, there's those that that sounds excellent too, Lane. All right. Wow. Whew, that wraps up uh, <laughs> Russian news and media <laughs> coverage for this week. Okay. When we get back, we're going to have an uh, Operation Sea Turtle update, yep. a pep talk mm-hmm. and Facebook update. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Liz and Leanne here. We'd like to thank a couple of sponsors for uh, supporting the Satellite Sisters podcast. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. All right, Liz, we haven't heard about Operation Sea Turtle in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering why mm-hmm. that is, Liz. What well, could be happening there? there's been there? some drift in the land of the Sea Turtle Sisters. Oh, no. Yes. Tell well, us. You know, Operation Sea Turtle is my name for my health and wellness program. And I dubbed it Operation Sea Turtle because the first time I committed myself to a health and wellness turnaround – Leanne, it's when you and I and other members of the family, we were planning for a trip to the Galapagos. You know, what was that, like three years Mm -hmm. ago? And, you know, the sea turtle is sort of my spirit animal. I try to channel the zen of the sea turtle. So, like, I whipped myself into shape for that Galapagos trip, and then there was some drift. And then Operation Sea Turtle Phase 2 was when Julie and I, last month, we were in Australia on the Great Barrier Reef. So I used that as sort of a goal-setting exercise for myself in September to get ready for what I knew would be a physically sort of demanding trip uh, in those little skin suits that we had to wear. Stinger uh, suits, Liz. The yeah. stinger suits. Black nylon stinger suits, all 
covering your bathing suit. It's yeah. a bad look. It's it, very hard to pull off. Super not flattering. But anyway, so I, so I was, you know, I pulled myself together. But I have to say, like, since I got home from that vacation, the fact that I went right from that vacation into the Olympics, which I know the Olympics are supposed to be like super inspirational. You're supposed to look at them and think, well, if they can do that, I can do that. You know, I'll take up cross-country skiing. You know, luge looks doable, whatever it is. You know, like even cur- even curling. People people normally right. get inspired right. when they watch the Olympics right. to try something new. But for me, the Olympics was more of an experience of just laying on my couch for two and a half weeks and doing nothing all night. Right. You know, it goes on at 5 p.m. and it's on till midnight. And here's where I my whole plan really falls apart. So instead of like making my own dinner and being careful, all of a sudden I'm just like calling, you know, Grubhub for food delivery. So it just is. So it's the bad combo of no exercise and um and all kinds of food you wouldn't normally right. eat. Right. Yeah. So like the Olympics are over. I need to like get a grip and start again. Yeah. So I need some short term and long term goal setting. As always, you know, I turn to uh, my personal health guru, Jane Brody, has been the health columnist in the New York Times forever. Uh, actually, in the column that she has here in today's paper, I think she says it's like 41 years she's been writing it or whatever. Anyway, so she talks about the all the headlines about like weight loss and health and wellness. and uh, And guess what? Here's the headline. Healthy eating and exercise, not fasting and dieting, remain your best bets. Damn it. Darn. <laughs> I keep waiting, waiting, waiting for something, right? Liz? Some yeah. alternative, some like other faster way. Anyway, it's it's a really thoughtful, well-written story. And one of the experts she cites in here is a woman who lives here in L.A. She's 53 years old. Uh, and her name is uh, Angelica Divina Gracia. So what Angelica has to say is that, you know, her, her list – as our sister Sheila would say, her prongs, like what are the prongs of a well-put-together plan? So she's got six prongs here. Prong number one, stop eating crap. Prong number two, eat good food that is real, not processed. I do do that. That's, yeah. uh, number three, avoid drinking your calories. Ruh-roh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number four. That, that's so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a hard one. The, uh, not that I'm drinking milkshakes either. Uh, number four, know what one serving is and do not eat more than that in a sitting. I know that seems so logical, but, you know, you live alone, you're cooking for yourself. Right. It's just it's hard to know what that really – every time they tell you, like, it's as big as your fist, I'm like, really? That's a whole dinner? Uh, whatever. <laughs> so know what one serving is. Deck of cards, yep. Yes, yep. deck of cards, exactly, Julie. Number five, move your butt every day. Even just walking is better than being a couch potato, which, of course, is true. And I got to say, I give myself a lot of points in that in that category. I've been getting been good at getting exercise lately, except during the Olympics. Uh, And number six, stop making excuses, which I think is fundamental to one through five. Right. Because I realized now that, um, you know, now that I have my new dog. Right. uh, I have the happy hooper, as I call him. So the happy hooper having a dog, you can walk. Is really a great thing. It is a great thing, you know, because they're always happy to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Hooper's on the like the, the the small low side. So and he's you know 
It's a slower walk than I would do if I was on my own because, you know, they're sniffing, they're licking, they're walking slowly. And I saw him, I've heard myself the other day walking him thinking, you know, um, his legs are just too short to go fast enough. Maybe I should just leave him home or whatever. So that's an excuse. You should not be blaming. You should get a stroller, Liz, right? <laughs> then you get a jogging stroller. No, he's the, he's the happy hooper. He's always happy to go out. But I just need to, yesterday, I came, I took him out for a walk. I came back. I was working mainly from home yesterday. And my plan was to like drop him off and then go at lunchtime and swim some laps in the pool. Drop him off at the dog sitter? No, drop him off and just leave him at my house. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then, you know, he's been having those separation anxiety yeah. things. So I talked myself into not leaving the house again to go right. out and get a real workout because I thought, oh, I don't want to leave Hooper alone. Anyway, so I just got to, I got to get a grip. Right. And none of this is hard. This is the thing about all of this, like getting well, staying well, being healthy. There's there's just no secret to how no. to do this. You just have to, you know. You I'm glad she it. says that fasting is not the secret because I'm so tired of talking about people's fasting regimes. Yeah. Like that's become a thing in L.A. It I know. Yeah. CrossFit. And now we have to hear about your intermittent fasting. <laughs> like I just, I just can't stand it. I just can't stand it. You know, I do I think, pe- think pe- need to have plan another vacation. Well, that's what I think, the- Julie. I need some kind of goal in that sense. I know the 4th of July, like, will normally be a vacation, like a week off for me, and involves a lot of outdoor activities, some of them in a bathing suit. So I'm thinking I need to like circle the 4th of July and point towards that and just re-energize around Operation Sea Turtle. Do not turn the TV on again until the 4th of July. Just like, that's it. I wish I, so there's, there's just no, there's no secret to this. Right. I know that. But why do I keep having to relearn this? Well, you you have no enthusiasm for the six pump. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but you do have enthusiasm for really nice, you know, trips or adventures. So that I think you've got to you've got to direct your focus towards something bigger. Than okay. Okay. Tactics. So you something know. bigger than a prong. How about ballroom yeah. dancing? Can I can, <laughs> can I interest you in that? <laughs> Well, you know, all that training you did for your dance yeah. performance last week, I bet that was great fun exercise. It was fun. It was, it, it was, it is a re-energizer. Yes. And then you, you know, and then I was doing all the beach body on demand stuff to get, to get into the cardio shape. So yeah, I, we, you know, I'm excited that we're going to move on to a, a new, well, I mean, we are performing at the old folks' home in three weeks, so we're going. So you have to stay in tip-top shape for that. We do have to that. stay in tip-top shape. So we're rehearsing for the next three weeks, our previous numbers, and then we're moving on to a new number. Like everyone was like, yeah, we don't yeah. really have a – yeah, let's do it. Like, right. Let's stay in touch. So it does – you do need to kind of shake it up every once in a while. I know. I know. So I do. So that's it. And think about the dog this way. At least you're not at home eating. Yes. Like so you even mean- if you're not moving fast – you know, you're not at home. You're I, out in the fresh air. Mm-hmm. You're getting your steps and in. And it's delightful. It's delightful. Because so. he's, he's the happy hooper. He yeah. just even lo- has these short little legs that sort of his feet sort of twist out. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it just, it, it's just, it's very fun to take the dog for a yeah. walk. Yeah. But it's not a substitute for an actual. Like vigorous. I, I need an additional workout. Yeah. And I've been using him as an excuse. Just because right. we enjoy just snuggling on back on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that's uh, I gotta I gotta regroup. I'm sure if anyone has any hints for me or what you've done uh, to get yourself back on track, uh, I'm all ears. So all right, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, if you haven't joined, 
honestly, we don't know what you're waiting for. There's so much fun happening there. And you get to post your own thoughts. You can like our Facebook page. Then you get news from us. But in the Facebook group, you can sort of put your own point of view out there. So um, first, I wanted to uh, read a note from our friend Heather. Remember a couple weeks ago on the show, Heather is a Parkland, Florida mom, and her daughter Emily graduated uh, from Stoneman Douglas. And so we read the letter that her daughter Emily had written to a Stoneman student, and Heather shared with us the fact that they were gathering other notes and letters and things for all the students that were coming back to school. So she did post on in the Facebook group this, Hi, Sisterhood, I want to thank everyone for the Ulmer overwhelming support uh, and everyone who took the time to reach out and send letters to the students at Douglas. The Letters for Eagles project has been a huge success. She was mailing them out uh, and now now they're done with that. The amount of love and support for our community and our students from across the country is a reminder how beautiful this world can be. So Heather wanted everyone to know that. And then she put in another update from um, her daughter, as Emily graduated from Parkland a few years ago. She said, if you'd like to send anything further to support the kids, the principal of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas is requesting laminated banners sent to the school that can be displayed in the halls and common areas. They've been overwhelmed with letters, so we're done with that. Heather also shared with us a program that her daughter, Emily, uh, was setting up, so I want to let people know about this. If you still want to help, my alumni daughter is setting up a fund to take care of the senior obligations for the class of 2018 through the Women's Student Association at the University of Florida. They are hoping to get the senior prom tickets covered. So that's the idea, that the senior prom would be free for everyone in this year's graduating class. If you are interested in donating, you can message or email me, and I will put you in touch with the Women's Student Association. Again, thank you all so much for the love and the support of our community. So uh, you can communicate with Heather directly on the, the Facebook group if you want to follow up on doing that. So that's one thing happening there on the group. But then there's also, you know, fun Julie. That's a super nice idea. Yeah, it is. Really, it's, it's really it's, nice. Simple yeah. and achievable. That's a nice idea. So, um, yes. Yeah, so get in on that if that moves you. Meanwhile, Julie, Sandra, on last week's show, you talked about the importance of supporting the arts because you had taken your granddaughter to a Broadway show. And it was just a reminder for you of just how great it is for kids to be able to get involved in that. And she said, regarding Julie's comments on supporting the arts, the best thing my own satellite sisters and I did many years ago was get a subscription to Broadway in Chicago. We sit in the balcony and pay about the same as a movie ticket to watch live theater about six times a season as well as a scheduled time to get together. I highly recommend. That's a great so idea. So that is a great idea. And then there were, there were several others here that also said that they had done that, a theater subscription. And Karen wrote in about taking her niece in the fall to see Hamlet at their local theater, the current theater in San Francisco, and that her niece said to her, like, she really thought it helped her a lot in high school English class, too. That she could, you know, <laughs> Hamlet true. can be a little tough to get. Yes. Uh, so uh, anyway, there's plenty there. And one last thing in the Facebook group, there is a debate kenneling versus snuggling. <laughs> I, I put a note that the happy hooper, you know, likes to sleep next to me in my bed and lick my ears at yeah. night. And should I be doing something about that? And I know people think that a dog should be sleeping in a kennel, not in my bed. But, you know, what's the point of having a dog? 
if they can't just snuggle, <laughs> snuggle next to you. In the, so I thank you, all you people who are pro-kenneling, and Julie and Leanne, I know you both are too, yes. right? Yes, it can be very secure and cozy for the dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and if you really want a good night's sleep, yeah. I think it would be really helpful for him for his separation anxiety when okay. you're gone. Don't be okay. afraid of the kennel. It's like a baby crib. Okay. So well, I don't have dogs. a baby. I never had I know, a baby. I know. So either. I'm just saying. It's... You can put lots of little toys in there and yeah. make it warm and cozy for little them. Little yeah. and yeah, it's nice. Okay. The dogs like it. Isn't the whole point of having a dog that they can snuggle up next to me in my bed? Well, no, I guess not. It's your call. If okay. you want him to wake you up all night, do whatever you want. Do anyway, whatever you want. Th- thank you, everyone. That's the advice you give us, Liz. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever you want. Right. That's what we're telling you. So I got a lot of good advice in the Facebook group and from my sister. So thank you very much. <laughs> all right. Finally, a new, pep to- new mom pep talk. All right, Jennifer, this is it. We just want to boost you for the next six to eight weeks of your life. Congratulations on the baby. And I was thinking about what Julie said to me when I had my first child 18, 22 years ago. Wow. She said, uh, she said, you know, a lot of moms worry about the labor, but it's really the next 18 years that are hard. <laughs> 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 and that's understandable. Like labor is such a it's just like science fiction that you have to go through that. So you can't really focus on the next 18 years. But just remember that, Jennifer, we're here for you. But I have to tell you this, in all honesty, you're probably going to feel worse before you feel better. I think six weeks after the baby was born, that is the worst you may ever feel in your life. Okay. Oh, really? Right? Yeah. Right. That's a low. Yeah, that will that will be a personal low. Yes. Yes. It's sort of a marker. You have to get to the doctors. It's your six week appointment and everything. It's six weeks of no sleeping. It's six weeks of feeding every two hours. Your body's sort of back together, but not really. And by then, everyone else has moved on. You've had that baby now. Now they've moved on. They've gone home. Six weeks is a low, but by eight weeks, you're going to rebound, Jennifer. So don't worry about that. I don't want you to rush the recovery. don't rush it. It's, sometimes it's, it's going to have to happen on its own, your body. But do accept help. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard to do. But if someone offers you a meal, take it. You know, <laughs> just take it. Uh-huh. Take the meal. Take whatever anyone offers. Because, again, at six weeks, they're gone. No one cares that you've had a baby after six weeks. <laughs> and then finally, one thing I would say uh, as a pep talk is find one book or parenting website now that has a philosophy that you agree with and stick with it. Because a lot of people are going to be coming at you, Jennifer. They're coming at you with different stuff. You heard just the crate versus licking debate. Yes, for oh, a with dog. Ba- not, with babies. Even, not even a person. It's nuts. So just find one child's expert, parenting expert, blog that you like and stick with that. And it's hard to block out the other noise that you hear about what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. But you know what's right for you and the baby. And you can figure it out. Especially, But give yourself eight weeks to do that. It's going to take a while, but you'll get there. But we believe in you. You can do it. Just accept help. That's what I... <laughs> that's, yeah, those, that's very solid advice, Thank Leah. You. Very, Thank you. very... Very good advice. Yeah. It's not helpful to say, oh, you're going to feel great. No, you're not. It's no. rough. The no. first six weeks is rough, but you physically yeah. feel better. And then I remember, Julie, you saying to me, the baby you have at three months is the baby you thought you were getting. Like, by, <laughs> exactly. by the time the baby, I, they, they're pink, they're perky, they've, you know, the weird baby acne is gone. They're kind of plump. Like, that's the baby you see in TVs and movies. But you don't get that baby until it's three months old. So. <laughs> 
So hang in there. Hang okay. in there. You can do it. You can do it. Enjoy and it. And just keep listening to your satellite sisters. That's what we say, too. There you go. There you go. All right. Anyone have any big plans for the week? Mm. Anything? No. Nope. <laughs> okay. Nothing. Buckling down. Operation Sea Turtle. Okay. Ooh, you guys. You got to buy yourself a crate, Liz. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Others uh, now. So you can always find all this information on our website. Liz is very good about putting all of the sponsor codes mm-hmm. and links and everything in um, in the in the show notes uh, at SatelliteSisters.com. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever looking for anything, really about anything Satellite Sisters, it's, yeah, shocking, how much, the, it's yes. shocking how much information we have at the website. Yes. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> I do that. We certainly don't remember it. So yeah. I think it's good that it's, it's all there. We have it all there. So, All right. And we want to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show. If you come to our event on March 18th, you can meet him. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.